Welcome to the Eat Well, Age Well podcast. Eat Well, Age Well is a project from Scottish charity Food Train, and our podcast is all about sharing and discussing how we can support older people in Scotland to eat well, age well and live well. This is a mini bonus episode that I really wanted to share. It was a great conversation I had with Lorraine Dilworth from the British Red Cross, and we chatted about their amazing work that helps support older people to eat well at home. Lorraine told me more about their Neighbourhood Links project and how they've successfully implemented regular screening to help detect and prevent malnutrition. So hi Lorraine, thank you so much for chatting to me today. First of all, do you mind just introducing yourself and telling us a little bit more about the Red Cross and how you got involved with Eat Well, Eat Well? No problem at all. So my name is Lorraine Dilworth. I'm the service manager for the British Red Cross covering Middle of the in Edinburgh and at the moment a part of the Scottish Borders. And we got in, Eat Well, Age Well got in touch with us about oh, just over two years ago. And we have a project called Neighbourhood Links, which goes out and does uh, full assessments to good conversation, person-centred planning. And we had felt there was something missing from our assessment. We'd done falls and we'd done medication, um, but the staff were feeling we'd done nothing on eating. And that does play a significant role in how people are managing their day-to-day lives. So Eat Well, Age Well um, came along. They gave us some training, um, which was absolutely brilliant. And they used the patient association um, checklist. we then started to trial that um, over a year um, with all the patients we had who came under the frailty model. So that's anybody over the age of 65. Great. So uh, can you tell a wee bit more about the project and why was identifying malnutrition specifically really important with your work with older people? We work a lot with occupational therapists and there's a high number of falls um, and that can be caused because of malnutrition and um, which that's why we're thinking well why are we not asking anybody about how healthy people are eating and um, could this be linked to falls could it be linked to you know to depression and um, low mood and um, you know actually people just getting out and about and having the strength to do that. And so that's why we felt it was really important to make this a part of our Neighbourhood Links project so that we could understand, so that we were actually getting a a holistic view of the person rather than just, you know, I've had six falls. And we wanted to explore that further. And you mentioned there that you used the Patients Association Nutrition Checklist in order to help identify older people that might be at risk of malnutrition. How did you find using the tool? What was the feedback from people working with the Red Cross or volunteers who was using it? It, it was mostly staff who do the assessment. And what we found, the questions were easy to ask. And you could incorporate them into having just a good conversation about everything. We have had no objections from any elderly people. They're quite happy when you're getting into the chat to talk about how they're eating and, you know, 
reasons why they're maybe not eating as well. So you can then expand on that to really try and delve down to the bottom of it. I mean, we're not doctors or nurses, um, but just having that general open and honest conversation um, revealed quite a lot. Yeah, I think I think that's a really um, important thing that you said there about how you know you don't need to be a health professional as such to use a tool like this to help detect if someone might be at risk of becoming undernourished and underweight. It can really be used by anyone, and it's really important for people in the community that are seeing all the people the in the out every week. If they're seeing them and seeing any changes, that they are um, really appropriate to help have that conversation about eating well at home um, and is there any more kind of feedback about the older people um, that you were using it with did you find that there was quite a number of people that were at risk we used it on over the pilot sort of year and a half two years and we did it with about a thousand people and out of that there was about five percent who fell into that category um, but as I said before, you need to explore why they're falling into that category. That's really important. And um, what we found is some people had just come out of the hospital. They hadn't liked the hospital food, um, so hadn't got their appetite back. And um, people had just changed medication. That could have been a reason why they weren't eating very well. Um, some people um, just didn't want to cook, maybe recently lost their husband, so they were on their own, didn't feel like cooking for themselves. Um, there was a number of different reasons, but you had to explore that. What we also found is the older person hadn't really thought it through either. So it was making them think when you were exploring it with them, what is the reason for that? Um, so that was really good. Um, as I say, it's a bit this good conversation and having the time to sit and explore it and anybody can do that you know yeah i think that makes so much sense what you said there uh, that yeah you could identify if someone was underweight and you could do things to help get their weight up but as you said it might not be actually addressing the problem of what's causing it in the first place whether it is maybe to do with low mood or um, lack of appetite things like that and it's it's those things that need to be addressed as well um how did you address those things with the older people that you were working with it depends what the outcome um, of that conversation was. So certainly we have referred people back to the doctor and where there seemed to be serious um, weight loss because it could be, you know, if, when we were exploring it, we couldn't find any other reason and, and it was just weight loss quite sudden. Then we would refer them back to the doctor um, to explore some medical. Um, a lot of people, um, we actually, Eat Well, Age Well, produced a, a lovely wee book um, with one person cooking in it. Because again, people didn't know how to downsize their portions, so they weren't going to make a big pot of soup. And we found that helped a lot of people, and um, that they could start thinking about, well, yeah, I can cook just for one. Some people we referred on to dietitians. And some people we set up like appetite meals or Wiltshire Farm Foods meals, um, and we gave them information on how to improve their diets as well. Um, and again, all that publication came from Eat Well, Age Well, which was really great. We didn't have to invent anything, it was there for us. <laughs> That's a nice wee plug, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, but that, that's brilliant. It was, it's really good feedback for us to hear about that um, that it was quite straightforward to help with the kind of intervention side as well. And there was good resources there in place. So people weren't um, thinking, right, what did I do next? It was all there ready for them, which is brilliant. Um, so long term, now you said you've been using the checklist for about a year and a half. How do you feel long term that this will impact your work at the Red Cross? Well, what we've actually done, we've incorporated that into our assessment and support planning. So, you know, because we get people who are not on the trail shores, but they're elderly coming to us, we get people actually from the age of 55, um, and we use that with everybody now. So it's incorporated, and it just makes the picture much more holistic. You know, we're covering medications, we're covering falls, we're covering eating, and um, so it just does, it uh, brings it all together and gives us a, a holistic view of the person. Um, so when you're trying to work with them to, you know, what's your top three goals, um, that helps us. Yeah. Forward. That's fantastic. That's really great to hear that it's been uh, sort of implemented in that way. Um, and do you have any kind of specific anecdotes where uh, the checklist was used and you saw positive results? Um, what happens when we do our first initial assessment and, and support planning, then it may be that we get them appetite or meals or Volkswagen farm foods or, or whatever they're looking for. And, and then we go back in six weeks' time, and then we go back in another six weeks' time. So it's over a three-month period. And what we find is people's actually eating better, enjoying their food better. And it may even be something like getting them out to a lunch club that's providing a meal for them, a healthy meal for them. Um, and that has brightened their mood. So, you know, or I've got more energy. I'm now going out shopping myself. And um, I've got the wee recipe book, so I'm going out and getting things at the shop where before they hadn't had that drive. And um, so we have seen changes in people through it. Thanks very much for listening. The Eat Well, Age Well podcast is hosted and produced by me, Danielle redwing Gray, and I am the Digital Communications Officer for Foodtree. Links to our website and a video of this interview are available in the show notes. If you have any queries about this episode or would like more information about us, then please email hello at eatwellagewell.org.uk. Make sure to check out the other podcast episodes we have available and thanks again for your support.